and welcome back to episode 43 of the Weekly Tech Ramp with me, Jay. And me, Carl. Welcome back, Carl. How are you doing? Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, I think the summer's yeah, over, not... isn't it? Summer is officially done. We're clearly moving into winter in the UK here. <laughs> <laughs> or storm season, because it's just rain, 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 rain. I was going to say, welcome to the UK, where summer has officially finished. Finished. Yeah, we had it for what? A week and a half? Two weeks, maybe? Yeah, just I mean, about? yeah, yeah I, I, that sounds about right. Now we've got um, absolute lovely freezing cold weather. And uh, yeah, it's, it's lovely. I mean, I was te- I was almost threatening to put the heating on earlier. I did. I put it on this morning in the office, just a little bit, for like half an hour just to take the edge off it. I, I'm more annoyed that I bought myself a, a new fan for the office last week. Uh, you know, I spent some money. I bought myself an expensive Dyson cooling fan, for, you know, to try and improve the uh, air quality in here as well. And yes, yes, really don't need that on right now, do I? No, no, you do not. Well, you know, earlier on, I well, at the weekend, I started mowing the lawn because it was sunny. I got halfway through it and it started raining. And now I have a half mown lawn. It could be worse. It could be half a haircut. So at least there's any grass. <laughs> it could be. I just don't know when I'm going to finish it. <laughs> well, that's like a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> so let me get the housekeeping out of the way. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Weekly Tech Rant and online at techrant.online for all of the show notes and information. So last week we had a pretty busy show, didn't we, Carl? We talked through quite a few different things last week, covered we a lot of topics, including some games. We've got, you know, a different lineup this week, um, a few bits and bobs, a couple of interesting stories. We're even going to talk Windows 11. Yes, Windows 11. And also Facebook VR ads, which is bone of contention on this show. We've been chomping at <laughs> we the We may bit have mentioned to, it before. <laughs> I was going to say to kind of, you know, a little bit. Anyway, so let's get started with tonight's first story, which I tell you now, I'm, I think something doesn't add up here. My math isn't great, but I'm puzzled by this. So according to 9to5Mac, the average mobile data usage now exceeds 10 gig per month. This is worldwide, that, isn't it? This is a this kind is of worldwide well, yeah. average, from what I understand. Yeah, so this is based off some uh, some some surveys that have been done, isn't it? And published by, I think it's Ericsson, if I remember correctly, who've done yes, some Ericsson, research into yeah. this. Who are trying uh, to sell you 5G masks. <laughs> well, yeah, there's got to be a reason for this, isn't there? And, um, you know, you know, you say, it's kind of looked, you know, they've looked at, you know, North America, they've looked at Western Europe, India, you know, Middle East, haven't they? Um, yeah. And there's kind of different rates here, isn't it? I think, you know, looking yeah. at like India, they're saying the average usage was 40, roughly 14 and a half gig month. Um, the Gulf and was then, about, the Gulf countries were about 18 and a half, weren't they? At yeah, the They were the highest worldwide. So, you know, what kind of, two things stand out for me in this, right? Mobile broadband, let's say 4G, potentially 3G, but probably 4G, yeah. is quite um, quite widespread now, isn't it, globally? Yeah, definitely. 4G, definitely, yeah. And, you know, it's established. And if you look at some of these countries there, like saying India, you know, it's gold countries. In some of those areas, I would suspect that rural broadband is probably far, few and far between. Yet cellular yep, yep. connectivity is going to be much more. It's easy, it's easier to get out of that penetration, isn't it? It might not be that fast, but you'll get it. Yeah. And I think we were talking about this the other week around like, you know, laptops and smartphones and the majority of people, you know, having Internet access today is done through a smartphone, isn't it? Or equivalent. Yeah. It is. So so I can see why, you know, like mobile data usage is going up and up and up. But in the Western like countries, and I, when I say that, what I mean is, you know, North America, Western Europe, you know, considering like for the last year or so, like Wi-Fi? <laughs> As I say, yeah, I, I might do the majority of my internet browsing on my mobile phone, but I'm not using cellular. I, I'm on Wi-Fi. And I know, yeah. I know we've been at home a lot and we haven't been travelling, but I actually just out of curiosity went and looked at what I'd used in the last month and only used two and a half gig. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But even before the, the lockdown, I would have been at an office or I would have been at home. And in between, I was driving, so I couldn't really use it then. So, yeah, how are people using that much? Well, I think potentially to flip that coin of the last year... I think this might also be driven by the pandemic slightly, because if you think about the amount of people working from home now, not everybody has got super fast, you know, high speed reliable broadband, have they? Yeah. No. So there might be a case here for tethering in that a lot of people perhaps maybe to get themselves up and running, you know, have been using their phones, yeah. you know, perhaps whether that's business usage or their own to give them more reliable broadband. That's a possibility, yeah. I guess. But I mean, 
yeah, I mean, you're right. Even when I was traveling, I wasn't using 10 gig because, you know, the only time I was on broadband was maybe when I was not at the office, not in a car, train, plane, bus, caravan, car, you know. <laughs> yep. And at the hotel, I'd be on Wi-Fi as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I have an unlimited data plan, but I don't know why. I've, I've only got it because it was cheap. And it was, you know, a couple of quid more than just going for a limited data plan. So, was, you know, why not? Uh, but yeah, I don't think I'd ever use more than 10, 15. And that would be a real stretch. So, But well, 10 consistently? I've got 25 gig and I share that um, with yeah. my wife on the same data plan. And we don't ever hit that. <laughs> It's no. like, you know, it's like, doesn't get used. You know, it's crazy. You know, it, it just puzzles some, me. With 5G, I yeah. suppose it could do. Could do. I mean, some, and some of the reasons they were saying, you know, this increase was, one of them was the growth in mobile broadband routers. You know, for like, like you said, those uh, not spots in like the UK where you can't get an actual cable, but you can just about get a phone signal. But, you know, I was looking back and I was going, so I, I want to look through my firewalls and like, how much data I used on my actual landline internet over the last month, 1.4 terabytes. Now, no mobile network, unlimited <laughs> oh or not, is going to let me get away with that. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, get the call from, like, uh, I don't know who you're with, you know, I can't remember who you're with now. Uh, free. Yeah, oh, free. I'm free. free. Yeah. It's like, uh, <clears throat> Mr. Seaton, yes, hello, hello. Um, so uh, uh, this unlimited data package. Um, <laughs> this it's actually limited. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> Yeah, um, we're, we're gonna have to throttle you down to uh 500 megabytes <laughs> like <laughs> yeah it's just like yeah it's, like, so it's one i suppose i've got one extreme to the other haven't i because but i'm doing everything on my home wi-fi and obviously we're at home you know, wife and four kids it soon adds up but uh yeah i was still a bit shocked at the 1.4 terabytes over the last month yeah but you like you think though let's just start thinking if you're streaming hd video or if you're like me, sometimes on the you know the the Skybox, we might stream UHD yep. or even actually Disney Plus is doing UHD, so it's not just that you know. Yeah. Th- those UHD streams are tens of gig a time, aren't they? At a, for a film. Yeah, I mean, and the, the kids have got TVs in the room where they, they can stream, and they, um, uh, but they won't be streaming 4K because they've only got 1080p TVs. Well, actually, they might be streaming 4K. I, I don't know, but it's only displayed in 1080p. But yeah, I suppose it all adds up with all those streams and uh, the normal browsing. And obviously, I'm working at home, so a lot of data usage there. But the 5G thing, you know, and 5G is kind of a, I just think, is still it's still a buzzword because the majority of consumers do not have access to 5G. And the 5G also that the, the majority of American consumers are getting is not the far end of 5G that, you know, that is being touted is it it's kind of no it's not mm wave stuff isn't it which is the lower end um speed i mean it's still faster than 4g but it's not bouncing you know that sort of gigabyte speed that you know 5g no, plus no. can do, isn't it and i think i'd said to you before oh, the other day when i was going uh collecting my wife and having a second covid jab uh and i just happened to be sitting in the car park and noticed it had 5g so of course what did the first thing you do speed test you know, I did get. I just looking back. I got what three hundred and fifty odd meg down, which is pretty impressive. It's not not gigabyte, but uh, compared to the four G, like barely thirty meg a second I get at home. Uh, yeah, it was certainly an improvement. I just so that Ericsson report though, there was a quote in it that says that Ericsson said so far one hundred and sixty communication service providers have uh, launched five G services, and over three hundred five G smartphone models have now been announced or launched commercially. And before the end of the year, we will have surpassed half a billion 5G users in the world. That surprises the hell out of me. Because considering the availability of 5G Yeah. And and the kind of rollouts, I just I don't I'm that you know, take that with yeah. a pinch of salt, I think. Yeah, definitely. You know, as I said, I, I where where I live, I think we're a population of about 170,000 people where we live. So it's a largest town. Um but we only have 5G in the new areas built on the outskirts. They've not actually fitted 5G to any of the, the old infrastructure on the in, internal part. Yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, smartphone or mobile-only data, uh, internet, sorry, mobile-only data, internet access, I think definitely is is still a prevailing yeah. factor here. And I think just as a kind of, there was a, one of the things I noted in that article was, a, was it a Pew, a company's called Pew Research, who said that, 15% of US adults are now mobile only internet users. And you know what? That's totally blue because people are glued to their phones. Their phones are people's life. I mean, it's my life. I've, you know, everything's on there. Um, yeah. It's easy and quick to pick up. 
yeah, I think you're right. I mean, look, look, you know what it's like watching a film the other night with my wife. She was like, "Who's that?" IMDb. Actor? Yeah, it's like who's <laughs> that actor? A quick, you know, what I find scary is I pick up the phone, I flick to Google, I literally type the first word of the person's name, and it tells. It's like that's quite freaky, you know. It's like straight yeah. to the actor. Somebody would say they're listening. Yeah, yeah. We're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, 10 gig a month uh, is the average data usage now. Um, not for you or me, but but maybe for some people it is. But if you live in the uh, Middle East, then you are nearly using 20 gig of data per month. Perhaps it's time to renegotiate your mobile contracts. Because Actually, there was 5G... one last bit on the end of that, wasn't there? They did say <laughs> yeah. by 2026, they forecast 35 gigabyte a month being the average. Yeah. Well, it's going to so be five... four and a bit if, t- years time. If you've got 5G and the amount of potentially then 5G connected iot devices that could be using your data plan yeah uh yeah you know let's be honest because once that rolls out, i mean cars today have got 4g but once cars start using 5g properly the way they're talking about it from mm. sensors to other communication oh yeah data consumption is just going to go through the roof isn't it you know yes but, it is but talking of data consumption um you know and to make all of these things work what we need is chips isn't it and you <laughs> yes know, we not, do referring to the potato variety i'm talking to these ones no, they that do help silicon. oh the potato ones are very tasty of course <laughs> um but it's this these silicon based ones that you know we've been apparently there's a big shortage of we're, we're well aware of that we we know there's not any of them <laughs> to buy but our friends over at the taiwan semiconductor manufacturing company uh, apparently are already looking <laughs> which i always find laughable are already according to a report looking ahead past the new A15 chip that will come with the new iPhone later this year. So, what's your bet that's going to be called an A16 then? <laughs> well, yes. Uh, possibly. Or maybe it'll be called the M1 or M2. Who knows by that point? Do you think... Yeah, just hold it. Pause a second. All right. I don't think they'll put an M1 chip in the iPhone yet. No, probably not. They, they uh, are saying that the A15 is as fast as an M1. Yeah, the A15 chip, which is the one that's touted, isn't it, for this this year's coming um, yeah. iPhone 13. If it's called an iPhone 13, because nobody knows. Ooh, I don't know. Um, you know, is really the point is it's about them moving, isn't it, beyond um, the current, current four nanometer. nanometer. No, yeah, five, five nanometer. nanometer sorry, five yeah. nanometer. Yes, to a four nanometer and potentially three nanometer, isn't it? Uh, production. Yeah. I mean. We've talked about the you know the, the nanometer sort of sizing here before, and we're around with Intel. Yeah, uh, Intel obviously TSMC, uh, AMD as well from their point of view, um, and Apple obviously from the M1 perspective here. I, kind of this isn't news, I don't think, to, to a kind of funny way. I kind of think you know it's kind of almost like given that every year it's like Moore's law, isn't it? It is Moore's law actually. Yeah. Um, you know the the number of transistors will double, and you know on on the and obviously to do Unless that you work they for need Intel. To, Unless you work for Intel, um, they will double in to do that. You need to reduce reduce the size of the transistors to yeah. to get them onto the the system. But you know, talking like you said about you know the M1 chips here and the A15s, I there's obviously complete differences here in the system on a chip because the yeah. A15 or A chip, should we say, is designed to do very different things, isn't it, to the M1? And you obviously, know, power, conserve power. Yeah, power efficient. It's you know, it's it's more power efficient. It's got different buses on there because of the you know the interfaces of, that are required. Yeah, it's not having to do the same kind of um, heavy GPU lifting, even though the GPU is quite impressive for for a mobile, of course. Um, you know, the M1 chip has got you know all of the the different memory channels. It's got the the storage uh, requirements, which probably are similar. It's got the USB C uh, Thunderbolt. Buses as yep. well, hasn't it, on there, which, you know, you don't necessarily have on there. If you take the M1-powered iPad, that's slightly different because that has got a Thunderbolt slash USB-C port, hasn't it, yeah. on there? Yeah. And could, could, could this be the year of USB-C straight Thunderbolt on an iPhone? I think it's got to happen. I, I do think it's got to happen. Say this every we, year. Say I know it says it, but it just... At some point, they've got to give. I mean, I know Apple make a lot of money on the MiFi program, don't they, for the cables? Yeah. And it also kind of gives them an argument over standardization, I suppose, isn't it? In, in the peripheral. Yeah, it side. does. Yeah. But USB C is far more ambiguous now, I think, than anything else. And this know. is the last product that isn't USB C. Well, they've kind of got around it, haven't they, to a degree, providing USB C 
at the end of the charger uh, and lightning at the other end. That's true, yeah. But I just, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. To me, I mean, the, the bit that gets me, though, about this is about them... Um, TS, apparently, according to this, it's India's DigiTimes is reporting that TSMC is going to move to a full nanometer process uh, by the end, of, by the third quarter of this year. Yeah. Now, four nanometer is pretty impressive. There's no doubt about that, is there? But to say they that are. they're going to move to three nanometer within the second half of next year, it's like what? Yeah. So they're doing what? They're doing the moving into what they call risk production by QFU, where they do small batches, isn't it? And if they work yeah. out okay and test, then they look to move into volume production. But yeah, they were saying volume production of the free nanometers by second half next year. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Wow, absolutely unbelievable. Because the speed they've got this now, don't they? This process they've got it nailed. It is. I mean, it'd be interesting to see whether or not the silicon shortage, uh, you know, will affect the iPhone runs in in September October. Maybe. I mean, obviously, this year's is going to be five nanometer again. The A fifteen. Uh, but you know, the A16 next year, are we going to see four nanometer or even three nanometer? I don't know. I'd, it'd be interesting to see whether or not this is an S year as such, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, like they could well, it's kind of been rumored that the 12 was an S year, wasn't it? Really? Um, mm. but the iPhone mini, which was launched alongside it, almost negates that argument because you could say, well, actually, there's more of a ch- actually. Well, actually, no, I'll rephrase that. I think the 12 probably the t- this year's model was probably. Um, not an S year because of the the mini design, the the shape sort of sh- changing sizing. Sorry, changing. Um, well, talking of the mini, actually, though, I just literally had a tweet from uh, John Prosser before uh, before we went live minutes before saying, "Yeah, they're not going to be a thirteen mini." Well, they've been saying that for a while, haven't they? Because a lot of people have said that the the mini has not sold as well as no, Apple would like. Um. I don't get it because what I don't get is for a long time, people were saying how much, you know, the phones are getting too big. Basically, you know, this huge device pocket, uh, you know, we need to go back to smaller phones. Apple come out with, you know, the, the mini, which are basically is the same as the stack. Wasn't it? Well, it was practically the same as the, 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 the standard size, wasn't it? I, I was, in yeah. terms of capabilities. And Oh yeah, it was. Yeah. And nobody buys it according to, it's easy to say you want something, but when you have to hand over money, it's different, though. Yeah, I just to, to me, it just seems odd that Apple would have got that so wrong at this stage. At this stage in the iPhone, does that make sense? You're not, I'm not talking about early days. Yeah. You know, um, it just seems that I don't know. They made a fundamental mistake there. But and who was buying the SEs like, before? Mainly businesses. Well, the SE was a firm favourite of the businesses. And were they at this point saying when there's no more SEs, they're like, well, we'll just get them the normal size one. It's not that much different in price. Uh, the users are appreciating a bigger phone. So maybe the businesses just weren't buying it. I don't think you're right. And that's where perhaps they were looking. Maybe that's where they were hoping it would buy. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the, the having, what's it, four phones in the lineup does... Um, does dilute your sales, I suppose. Because oh, yeah, you, you need at least fifty different phones like Samsung. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that that's a different problem. But I suppose for Apple, you know, they they went from you know that was the problem, wasn't it? Before Steve Jobs came back, they had such a diluted product lineup. That was one of yeah. the things, wasn't it? That Steve Jobs implemented was streamlining basically the whole product line, wasn't it? Yeah, and that that's where they go. And I just kind of think that maybe. Maybe that's it. Maybe, you know. Yeah, maybe just back down to free. Maybe, but yeah. You know, the Pro. Maybe the Pro. Pro yeah, the Pro Max. Um, the and the Pro. Standard. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. But I I don't think they'll call it the 13. And I think, he, I think there's been several reports, doesn't there, for a while that says that Apple won't say the 13. Yeah. Um, it could be an S year. Um, because what, there's nothing wrong with the word thir- number thirteen, but people are superstitious, some, aren't they? People and some a lot of population in certain countries are, are superstitious, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I just mm, we'll see, we'll see. But uh, yeah. yeah, definitely new chips. I mean, that's not new, but it's more than nanometer lineup. I think is is the impressive is. part about it. But what I want to see, the only thing is they please to God, 
Apple, ditch 64 gig as your starting storage and move to 128. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be, isn't it? With like a one terabyte iCloud option too. Well, I, I'm past that now. I'm on two terabyte iCloud, so I've given up. Worrying. Oh, yeah, you caved in and bought the Apple <laughs> I, One subscription. I got you? Apple One subscription because, you know, for the for the use of Apple Fitness Plus <laughs> and all that jazz. Um, yeah, so it's, look, you know, I, I've given up with that argument. No over I just, that. I, I, you yeah, caved I, and I, bought I, it. It's dead to me now. I don't care. But I just you think, fell though. fell for the trap. <laughs> I did. I just think, though, 64 gig base storage is ridiculous. 128 should it be is. base storage now. It is, yeah, um, definitely. You know, considering when games are what some of those games on the iPhone now are like two gig, it's crazy, crazy. Anyway, anyway, talking of talking uh, of Apple, yeah, yes, I was going to say you have got some other news for us, haven't you? Apparently, we do. So obviously, um, no MacBook Pros turned up at WWDC, did they? Mm, uh, well, something went wrong, didn't it? <laughs> Yes, yes. So, uh, yes, yeah, something went wrong. Um, but anyway, so the latest r- the rumours from someone called Dylan DKT uh, is that the MacBook Pro 14 and 16, along with a Mac Mini, all featuring the M1X chip, will be appearing in late October, early November. Now, I hadn't actually heard of Dylan DKT. Uh, I have a feeling he's been mentioned somewhere before, but yeah, he's certainly he not has. like... Uh, I, I did some John digging. Crosser. Well, he did some digging. He's got, an, he's got an 81.3% accurate rating on uh, Apple Track. That's pretty so high. He's not too bad. I was, not as many rumors as other people. Uh, you know, he's only done 16 rumors, but 81% of those were, were accurate. Well, uh, that's not bad, then, considering for that number, considering like the Germanator no, and pretty good. Uh, you know, Prosser. And I that, say German's yeah. on 89.1% and, and he's saying possibly early summer. Yeah, the is, Pro. yeah. <sighs> Debatable, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So we will see. I think only time will tell on that one. So didn't though Apple drop the M1X as a tag? Sorry, drop the M1X tag into the YouTube videos. Uh, along, yeah, M1X and MacBook Pro, didn't they? So at the end of WWDC, it was in the SEO tags. Is this a super troll from Tim Cook? Like to like, you know. <laughs> it's like, sure it is. Um, we got you, boys. You know, well done. You know, but enough uh, that John Prosser. What can we get him to shave off next? <laughs> you know, or or did they, as you, I think, were saying to me the other day, have this in the bag but pulled it? I wonder. I wonder. Wonder. I, I my feeling is they had this ready to go, and for some reason decided not to. I, We've see, had too many rumours about it and too much leaked detail that They're it's not coming. basically production ready. No, that's the problem. I think you're right. I think it's not production ready and I think they are potentially probably trying to iron out issues maybe with the the performance of the, the new the new system on the chip. Because yeah. that M1, you know, the M1 infra, the, the M1 architecture in terms of consumer side is is what, a year old? It's, you know, isn't it? Yeah. Um it's you know it's still only a year old. It's still you know we could all, we could sit here and debate the benchmarks for hours on end. For the for the majority of consumers, it is still the fastest um, oh, chip yeah. you're going to get, isn't it? Really? Um, yeah. And unless you are doing specific things, unless you want to play games, all that kind of jazz. Yep. You know we all agree. Compared to Intel brethren, it is leaps and bounds ahead. But. Not to get pro. the perform, the, yeah, it's not pro, and they are missing so many other things as we've discussed. You know, things like the other ports, addition, you know, support for that kind of thing. You know, higher GP, more RAM, than sixteen gig of RAM, definitely storage. more ports, more PCI Express lanes, yeah, all that uh, kind of know, stuff exactly. that goes with being pro. Exactly, and all those things, and you know, the M1, the M1 powered Mac Mini again was a great introduction to that lineup, but for me. I kind of like the idea of the M1 Mac, Mac, Mac blah, 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 the M1 Mac Mini, but unless it can power more screens, as we said, or it's got more RAM, it's just pointless. I need, yeah. like you said, I need it to be pro because otherwise, what am I achieving really? I don't think there's anything at all there, and I think Apple are probably are at the point now where they've got to be ready to be able to launch this properly, as opposed to a knee-jerk reaction and i think people are they're gonna have to wait and that, that's the thing you know yep. it's a bit like the air tags they bounced around for a year we you know we were those air tags were kind of vaporware for a whole year 
and then bang out the door. Yeah. You know, it's just it's gone. And it's this is nothing to do with um I think some you know some critics might be saying that uh you know Apple are just trying to build up demand for it. I don't think that's the case at all. They don't need to. They don't need to. They could if they never announced another M1 chip again and sat on top of this M1 architecture and just slowly made tweaks to it in terms of you know maybe up yep. around they they'd quite happily chug, chug along wouldn't they for a while and i think software they developers would, would soon catch up so this is not about supply and demand i think as some you know critics and commenters have been saying on some of the the, the, the pages and that uh, and some of the other sites this has got to be that this is not ready as you say for production at all and that's why we're looking late in the year. Summer's, I don't think summer's going to happen. Apple aren't going to drop this at the end of summer. It's the wrong time of year. They're going to want to launch this um, towards the back end of the year, I think. And that would yeah, make I think it, so. That would give them large sales into their end of Q3 into Q4 for them as well. Yep, definitely. But yeah, I, I just, I, it just, it's like like the air tags. It just keeps bouncing along. This story. It's just like, guys, they're not here. Nobody's seen uh, them. At one Every point, picture... one of you is going to be right because it's eventually going to be released. Well, this is the thing. Like you know, it's like you know, Germans be saying that this thing. You know, this guy Dylan's saying that you know, was it back in May? He also mentioned. He yeah. said about this as well, didn't he? That other rumors that it wasn't going to. It was going to look um, like the iPad, wasn't it? Effectively, with the, the yeah. reduced bezels and the flat sides. And we've all and everybody under the sun has been saying that they're going to have an SD card and HDMI ports and MagSafe. You know, from John Prosser to every other leaker under the sun. I think, you know, we can draw the conclusions that clearly all that stuff's coming. Oh, and the touch bar's going, isn't it? That's the other thing. You know, yeah. you know when it launches, unless it's pink, purple, blue and orange and it's got ears on it, I think nobody's going to be surprised, you know? It's like... <laughs> no, not at all. These M1, you know, this M1X is coming at some point. And I don't know who's coined the M1X because, you know, everybody's using it. We're using it. It shows up everywhere. I don't know... Somebody must have somewhere said M1X, or because Apple themselves have yep. never, apart from that tag, have never publicly said M1X, have they? No, not at all. No. no. But then I suppose they do that with their ARM chips, don't they? You get the uh, A14X. Or, did you get that one with the A14X? But these, the iPads were usually X versions, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And that's probably how we'll come to it. sometimes a Z version. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Anyway, right. Let's move away from hardware to talk a little bit more around other topics. More and hardware. this one's about well, hardware. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, dope. So, Carl, have you bought yourself a Peloton yet? No, no, no I haven't either. No, no, don't, uh, no wait. It's exercise. I don't really do that, so probably not. And not at that price. No, no, not at all. But apparently, uh, uh, McAfee, the you know the security company as such, have... John, oh, not John McAfee. No, 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 not not that McAfee. <laughs> this would be a different type of news story, otherwise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So McAfee apparently have found a vulnerability in Peloton's Bike Plus and also their treadmill uh, equipment yeah. that apparently would give any attacker who exploited this full access to the machine, uh, including the camera, the microphone. Uh, plus, un, it would be undetected uh, by the user uh, if yeah. the full sort of root access. Um, and basically, it's because I I didn't realize this. The these machines use Android. No, is that, yeah, I was watching the video. I didn't realize that until obviously they started showing that very familiar uh, bootloader. Yeah, I I was completely surprised by this. I mean, I, I I say I'm surprised now. I'm not surprised. Actually, thinking about it, it's the perfect operating system for. Well, I thought it might a, have been a Linux or something, like an embedded Linux system. But no, it's it's apparently Android, isn't it? And um, they uh, they you know basically the research team at uh, McAfee have found that they found a flaw within the verified boot process, which was surprising considering how Android like to talk about how secure that it is. But uh, this they was... didn't mention which version of Android. No, I was just going to stress. What's the thing? Feel... It's old. Oh yeah. But the like you say, the video that was published um, shows them going through the comp- how they compromise it, doesn't it? Yeah. And they they get access to the bike, which is quite really interesting. But also, what was cool is that the map that they published as well that shows all of the places in the US where publicly available pelotons, like at gyms, wasn't it? A lot of them, um, yeah. Cruise ships, I think, was a cool one. Uh, like these random things floating, like the ocean was like a bed, <laughs> out in the middle it? of the sea. Yeah, yeah. But it's like there's all these places where somebody, you know, could access one of these machines if they're unpatched uh, and get it. Now you probably didn't think- take long, did it? No, you. I guess you're probably sat here thinking, like, hang on a minute, what does that matter? Why would anybody care that they could access, um, you know, the machine? But 
these these bikes and stuff are connected to the network. They're connected to the Wi-Fi network, or they're connected to the you know the the, the Ethernet. I can't mm. remember whether they're Wi-Fi or uh, hardware. I think they're Wi-Fi, aren't they? If I recall. Yeah, I imagine so. So that's the network. But so if you they got can compromise a... that, can't they? It's not just the I network. Just... No. You can log in with, you, you log in with your account details when you go to a public one, so it hooks up to your personal account with your credit card information in. So yeah, so there's two things. You've got vul- you've got a vulnerable machine that's now access to basically sit there and have a man in the middle attack to all of the traffic's on the machine. So potentially going out outside of that machine. And as you've just pointed out, you've got the credentials and the personal information, whoever's using that machine. And if it's a public machine, as you say, people are different people are coming and going and logging into it with the Peloton information, isn't it? Yeah. Uh to do that. Now there's no evidence to suggest that this has been um exploited is at this stage. It does require physical access to the machine. And Peloton have stressed that they have patched this now, haven't they, with uh, a fix uh, that does that. But, um, uh, and according to researchers, uh, has mitigated the vulnerability. But, again, has every machine been set? Now, they say they push it out automatically, but we all know what automatic updates are like. Yeah. But I'll tell you what this kind of explains. You know, this is a bigger picture here. It's like, you know, not just Pel- you go, this is Peloton and Peloton are a big brand. But there are many, many other exercise equipment now that connects to, you know, your internet, doesn't it? You know, to, to access yeah. uh, classes, you know, still logs in. You know, it starts to come back to that conversation we had a little while ago around IoT devices and vulnerability and basically how security is on the back foot, basically. And, you know, Peloton are big- money. Yeah, and Peloton are a big brand, right? And this is, you know, this yeah. is quite a complicated. This is quite a complicated um, process to to do this exploit, but it just highlights an issue here that again, it's not the obvious thing in your house that is unsecure, is it? It's not the PC, the laptop, the you know your phone. It's that other thing that's connected to the Wi-Fi. You know, yeah. Does everything need to be connected to Wi-Fi? Well, in Peloton's <laughs> case, yeah, because it's you know, yeah. classes and stuff. But you know, like the fridges, the stuff. Why the hell are we... Your toaster. Yeah. Why? 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 Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more of this stuff coming up now again. Of, like, exercise it's going to happen, definitely, for it's sure. Gonna. But, you know, especially, like, I hadn't thought about the hotel situation. You're right. You know, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, we'll be traveling. I have been into the hotel gym in the early hours of the morning because, you know, jet lag and maybe got on the exercise bike for, like, half an hour to try and wake myself up. Yeah. And there's nobody around. Nobody around, oh, really, at that time. You know, and it wouldn't take much to just pull well, a USB guys, stick in. Or, it took maybe yeah. 30 seconds. They what, hold down a button to get into fast boot, uh, into the uh, Android bootloader. They plugged in the That's laptop it, into USB C, and it, they then ran the fast boot command with a modified image, which took about two seconds to deploy to the device. Done. That's that's my point. That, that's And nobody just, would be any yeah. the wiser. No. It's just done. It's absolutely done. Um, and I just, it just worries me that you know, like, this has been fixed. This is great, but yeah, what else is out there that hasn't? How many others haven't? Fixed, yeah. yeah, and especially you know stuff like the pelotons here that you know I think are an interesting use case because of the the two way nature of the peloton experience. You know, it's about this classes and and you know you yeah. being part of that virtual class, interactive, you know? isn't it? Yeah, the camera and the microphone piece. So we're not just talking about the details. We're now talking about video and people you know like do you remember a couple of years ago there was those uh, baby cameras that were compromised wasn't it? yes there were, were yeah you know yeah she's only one the other week here. we talked about was it was it yeah you know again here you know people exercising compromising position i don't mean in a you know a risk aid way i mean but you know some people will pay know. for that yeah you know you just don't know what else is going on or listening if that microphone is turned on in the gym, overhearing conversations, you know, talking. What other details? It's not just stealing credit card numbers. It could be listening to other information and potentially stealing that, you know. I can just see it now. Like a spy, isn't it? You know, like, you know, yeah. spy novel, like, you know, Peloton bike in some high-end apartment in New York in a penthouse, you know. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I don't know, let's just say the head of some bank or maybe the head of a crime family. The Peloton's yep. compromised. The microphone's <laughs> turned on. And, you know, they're eavesdropping on the conversations. You know, just it's something out of a novel, isn't it, really? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's apparently trivial to do. (laughs) Yeah. Well, talking of uh, eavesdropping conversations in, you know, and weird novels, it's uh, kind of alternate reality, but more like virtual reality then. 
uh, with our friends over at Facebook and at Oculus. Oh, dear God, this, this gives me nightmares thinking about this. Does so we've said obviously we've kind of followed Oculus from the beginning, haven't we? We've mentioned yeah. how obviously Facebook purchased them, and then Facebook require you to have a Facebook account to use their the headsets. And you know, if you've got an Oculus account, your time is limited. But now I say it was only a matter of time of Facebook they're introducing ads into VR apps. So they've uh, they, they've they've just launched a limited test of advertisements inside free Oculus Quest apps. Uh, they're saying, you know, they're going to expand the system based on user feedback. Well, they won't really, because the users don't want to see the ads, and they're just going to ignore that and expand it anyway. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not a great start, is it? The last thing you want is very intrusive ads when you're trying to play a VR game. Or you log into, you know, your Oculus app to try and start a game, yeah. but before you can start the game, you've got to wade through several <laughs> ad apps of it. Yeah, or, as was pointed out, was like, you know, one of the... Um, the point here was that you know future headsets are going to include you know, like eye tracking and stuff because so that they can yeah. get metrics on what you're looking, how long you're looking at it for. You know, um, they already they, have a ton of data on you, don't they? And if they can, I'm just going to say now currently, yeah, they they can see, at least see where your head's pointing. They can't see where your eyes are looking on the screen, but they can see how you move in the room and where your head's pointing out in virtual space. This is just you know it, it it's inevitable. Let's be honest, it is inevitable. You know and. Yeah. If you've watched enough uh, sci-fi films, uh, the Black you know, Mirror episodes, I'm just going to say, you know, this stuff is, <laughs> is this coming? We're going to, re- you know, this stuff was going to happen. We all know that, you know, in the future, we're all going to be plugged into some kind of weird, you know, Ready Player One style environment. Yeah, and you know, adverts are going to be everywhere. Um, you know, maybe, maybe not. But the reality is, is that if you can have, a, if you're in some kind of virtual environment, companies are going to want to advertise, aren't they? Because you, again, you're a captive audience. Yeah, exactly. And I wouldn't want it to be the first developer that did this. So, uh, Resolution is it Resolution Games? Resolution Games. Uh, their yeah. first, uh, they got a game called Blast On, which is like a VR dueling kind of game of guns and whatnot. So, they were the first game to take part. And uh, hmm, their user base is not taken kindly to the news because this is a paid for game that has yeah. now been introduced with ads on, on an update. Well, those users have flooded Steam and the Oculus Store page and reduced their uh, score to one star. Yeah, just people don't <laughs> want it. People don't want to be the product anymore. And, you know, we've seen that with the privacy changes that are coming in from, you know, Apple and other vendors, Google, etc. that things are changing. Um, you tolerate you know, it a bit if it's free. But if you're yeah, paying for a service, then to have in-your-face adverts. Yeah, it's, kind of turn, really, it's a turn-off, isn't, isn't it? It definitely is, you know. And uh, right now, of course... Nobody knows what a good VR app looks like, you know. No. Are we talking like classic sort of pop up, you know, the side of the screen, or are we talking perhaps, you know, well, and blast actual... on it is a pop up. It's like your old fashioned banner. Well, that's what I'm saying, you know. Or are we talking proper VR apps here of stuff like, you know, in the films, you know, like an experience where, yeah, you know, or or some kind of VR mini advert that pops up with three-dimensional characters you know, that, that is realistic again mm. i'm not saying that's great but you know if you think watch things like uh, blade runner and stuff you know the adverts that pop up you know in the sky you know in the skyscrapers oh, yeah, yeah. and things like that you know that kind of thing is not probably that far away in the future realistically is it no um but the one thing we're here with the facebook ads is is of course that these on the oculus side are going to be based on your facebook profile so oh yeah it's going to be based on obviously what you uh, have in your profile what you your profile i guess your ad profile of facebook is already um but the question that's been thrown up here of course is that this is not great if you share a headset with other family members no no exactly and especially if they start bringing that, that eye tracking they see exactly what you've seen in the game and you can get some and you get some very tailored adverts that people you're showing a your yeah. headset i was just gonna say yeah again you know it, it, it oh, just i oh you, you, you can opt out of this though you, you can go and uh, Facebook will sell you a business version of the headset where you don't have to link a Facebook account. And how much for? Well, um, yes. A hell of a lot more. We know that. $199 plus $180 a year subscription. So exactly. Considering the exactly. Quest 2 is what? 299 with no subscription? Yeah. That's the point. There you go. Point of question. There you go. And that's why, that's why they're going to get away with this. Unless you move to Reverb or you can afford to move to 
Uh, and the no reverb, way. you know, a brand new one. You're still looking at what six or seven hundred dollars, aren't you? Maybe more. I don't know what it is in dollars, but yeah. no. But that's that's why they'll win because they'll have decent headsets. You know, because Oculus aren't bad. Yeah. Uh, no, decent they're, they're clearly subsidising this hardware. Oh yeah, a lower price, but you're going to have to have the ads experience, and that's where it's going to go. But so the sooner I can save up those those pennies from the you know the podcast adverts. Whoops, I mean, um, <laughs> hit myself a reverb. You know, it's gonna. But that's that's the world we live in. I think you know part of this is yes. part of this is the world that exists today is corporate consumer advertising, and whether we like it or not, it is everywhere. Yeah, so what made me laugh when Facebook put up those pop ups in the app about um, if you didn't allow tracking, we might have to start charging for Facebook. You start really? Yeah, go on. Yeah, the they're not going to do because Facebook knows as soon as they do that, everyone's gone. What's the next network that's free? Yeah. Yeah, pull the other one. It's like it's not going to happen. Totally, no. totally, it's not. It's not doing. <sighs> right. So, last story of the night. Then, before we have a quick talk about Star Trek, is Windows Eleven. Then, so I'm pretty sure some time ago, Microsoft stated mm. that Windows Ten was the last version of Windows, and it would be updated with feature sets such as like it was Windows as a service, wasn't it? Yeah. So you'd get like Windows nineteen, Windows Ten, like version, you know. 2019 or whatever yep. it was or version 20 h2 wasn't it uh you know experience etc and they would do that on a regular basis well yeah. somebody's ripped up that plan haven't they <laughs> well they didn't start charging for windows as a service did they so how were they making money well this is the thing because actually you people were getting windows 10 a hell of a lot easier than you were getting windows uh well seven and eight beforehand weren't they really yeah you know you effectively could upgrade for free to a degree couldn't you if you already had a yeah. copy um you could get upgrades from converting other licenses and yes. there was yeah you're right where was a lot of the cost coming from now the oems obviously were paying for windows licenses for also, uh, yeah. shipping but yeah your average consumer i don't think was buying windows like they were in the days gone past you know if you're popping to the shop and buying up a nice fresh box copy of windows 7 XP. No, definitely you know, not. Dare I say Vista. Um, but Windows 11 uh, is is interesting. So we talked about this a couple mm. weeks ago that Microsoft had canned what they were calling Windows 10X, which X, was yes. uh, the Chrome-style um, competitor, wasn't it? That was going to be Yeah, designed for kind of, of tablets and dual-screen devices. Yeah. Um, and it kind of, you know, had a simplified start menu that popped up in the center. It had the Chrome style sort of app launches, didn't it? That popped, you know, came yeah. up and, you know, background apps. And was also going to be part of the sort of the cloud version of Windows that they were talking about, wasn't it, as well? Definitely, yep. So Windows 11 has not officially been released yet. So there's a Microsoft event, Carl, keep me honest here. It's 24th, isn't it? Yeah, it's this Thursday at uh, 4 p.m. UK time. Yeah, so apparently that is when Windows 11 is going to be officially announced, but it's already yes. leaked on the Tinter web. And not just screenshots. Not just screenshots. A whole ISO has released. Um, you know, we've uh, we've had a look at it. We've we found a copy. I'm not going to say where, yeah. but because you know, it's uh, again, it shouldn't be out there. But if you search not too hard, you will find it. Um, yeah. We've uh, we've installed that in a virtual machine. Again, I just stress if you're going to go looking for it, don't install this on your production machine, and don't who knows what's on. in that image no drop it if you can make it a virtual machine isolate the hardware just be careful but if you know what you're doing then good luck but basically it is very very pretty it is like windows 10 with basically... 10x melded yeah it's windows yeah. 10 with a new sh with the windows 10x shell or a modified version of 10x shell yeah yeah it, it is they've just taken all of the best bits of windows 10x and yeah re shell re shell like windows it. 10 I do. It's yeah. really nice. It's. I like the new start menu experience. I like the way that the, um, you know, I know that I know when Windows, remember when Windows eight point one came out and there was a whole yes. hoo ha Oof. around the Metro UI, wasn't it? Well, it's the fact it took over the entire screen when you hit start, wasn't it? Yeah, and then they even ported that to the servers. Do you remember that? Um, oh God, yeah, two thousand twelve. So Windows, server, it was twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so Windows 10X, or Windows 11 as well, keeps the start menu there, but has this like centralized square, doesn't it, that shows you recommended yep. stuff. It shows you pinned apps or new apps. And I really like it. I think it's easy to use. And I think we've moved on far enough now with people being used to the mobile operating systems and things yep. like Chrome 
that this is not so alien, is it anymore? Oh, exactly. I mean, it's got you know. Unfortunately, they've, I, they've moved live tiles. I might have been the only one that liked live tiles, but they're gone. They're dead. They brought in that new central layout for the taskbar, very much like uh, Mac OS. Yep. Which is, I'm in two minds. I like it because I've got an ultra wide monitor, and it means moving the mouse. I mean, not moving the mouse as far to get to it, but I have 20 odd years of muscle memory built in. Well, that's the so problem, I'm moving the mouse yeah. even further because I'm automatically going to the left and then it's not there. But I'm sure I'll get used to that. You know, it's got those nice rounded corners on a window, so it definitely looks modern and clean. Uh, what else has it got? Oh, it's got new icons in Explorer, hasn't it? Though we have yeah, seen which, that if you're running the latest version of Windows I was say, 10. They're, they're, already run, they're already running in my Insider builds on Windows 10, yeah. Yeah, same yeah. as I've got the Insider build running on my laptop and I've already got those icons, which just leads uh, lends credence to the fact that this is Windows 10 with a new shell on it. Exactly. And, you know, but there's some other interesting new things like, you know, if you were going to maximize Windows now, you now get an option to sort of snap them into corners. Um, you do. Uh, rearrange uh, them. But an easier way. See, that. I love the snap feature. I use it all day long. But obviously, but Windows not, 10, you have to... Gr- it's not intuitive. No, it's not. You have to drag the window to one to the left or the right-hand side, and it snaps and says, which other application would you like to use? <laughs> Actually, that was the one feature that did it for me when I, when I moved to a Mac for work. I ended up paying for a third-party app just to get Snap on Mac OS. Well, now you've got it back here. Um, yeah. The other thing I noticed is that they've, like like with Mac OS, there's now virtual desktops on uh, Windows 10. I've had that for ages. Well, yeah, but it was never... Yeah, but I never found it's it was easy to get It's not surfaced as easy. No, it's not. No, no. It, you're right. It was there, but it wasn't It wasn't easy to access. Start button and tab. Yeah, but what I found here was it now instantly pops up. It's much easier to see it. Again, it is. the amount of people that use it is probably minimal. Um, the other thing I saw here in the build was that the Xbox app is now integrated into the OS itself rather than being a separate application, uh, which is yep. similar to the Xbox app that we've been running on Windows 10. And if you're running the, the Cider build, it looks very... Uh, sorry, yeah, the, the, the kind of test app of Windows... The B, sorry, beta of the Windows Xbox app. Uh, it looks very similar to that. But again, you know, this is an early dev build. You know, some of the stuff in there, some of the UI changes um, are not there either. If you notice, some of the screens yeah. pop up to like Windows 10. Um, they do. What, what I know you noticed, and I, I thought myself, was that the out-of-box experience was super quick, wasn't it? Oh, in that was slick. Of... Yeah, I mean, I, my VM, what was, it, I think, was it six minutes? It took me from cold boot to installing Windows and to the desktop. That's impressive. You know, it really was. Again, though, there's a classic, um, if you want to use a local account, Microsoft do that classic switch and bait thing, don't they, of trying to get they you do. to set up a Microsoft account. And unless you know where you're clicking, you just go around this little circle of like, how do I make a local account? Which is very clever. I, I, get, what, cable. I get what they've done. But it's very clever. Um, but yeah, I think it's really nice. I, I, you know, I really do like this. And actually, considering Windows 10 was released in 2015 six years later i think it is about time for a bit of a spit and polish it, here it is you know did you did you notice the extra feature that snuck back in from windows vista go on widgets yes yes widgets on are the, back on the, like, <laughs> it's t- but it's kind of like almost like um the tiles on ios when you swipe onto the control center it is yeah yeah I don't um, know if you can drag those to the desktop that. at all, but uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Who knows? I suppose well, that's where they've moved the live tiles to, isn't it? <laughs> it is. And Windows 10, remember, has started that with the latest builds with the news and information. Do you remember coming in? Yes. So they kind of snuck that back in, the latest builds of Windows 10, which a lot of people turned off. I mean, it is, when you look at it, it is Windows 10, okay? So it's familiar. Yeah. If you don't want the um, the start menu in the center, you can move it to the left, can't you, to make it, you know, standardized. Yep. But in the center's cool and fresh. And I think personally, I will be keeping there when I move upgrade. There's yeah, no information yet, no information yet on how you will upgrade, whether it will be a free upgrade or a new build. Um, apparently, some researchers people have said that you can do uh, an install over the top of Windows 10. It does work if you're brave enough to try that. I haven't done that in my test builds. Well, you know, the cynic in me says this is Windows 10. It's only called well, 11 it. because this marketing people and money. It is. But we'll see. I mean, what I think this is a great reveal. I just wanted us to kind of bring it up. I'm, you know, we'll we'll see what happens on Thursday and we'll report back next podcast uh, to talk about the, the updates because I think they're going to be talking about some more features there that we haven't seen. And of course, uh, this will probably see what other features are in line with Windows t- Server 2022 as well which is in preview mode at the moment too. So 
that aside then, uh, the last thing tonight I want to talk about is um, the you will know on this show we are big fans of Star Trek, in particular all of the latest Star Trek series, including the animated yes. Lower Decks, which is a, I think, a surprise hit. I think based on, you know, it's brilliant. season it's so, one. It's so, so funny. So season two has been confirmed uh, and will air, at least in the US on Paramount Plus, uh, starting August 12th. Um, so no word of when that'll be in the UK, but it was on um, Amazon last time, wasn't it? If I'm, was it? Yeah, it was Amazon. Yes, Prime, it's still Amazon, I think. Yeah. So giving, well, if you remember last time, I think it was about three months, wasn't it? Three months or from air in the US yeah, to the UK I think release. It was. So suspect that probably, you know, uh, autumn in the fall uh, or the autumn uh, for a UK Europe release and that, but it's looking very good in our awesome trailers, but also there's been a new trailer for Picard season two as well, hasn't there? It has. Yes. The second trailer. So the first one was just a very, very small one, wasn't it? So this is a bit longer. So uh, we finally get to see Q actually, not just his voice. We get to actually see him and he is aged. Well, well ironically he tells Picard he's aged. <laughs> I know, but I was like, Cool, pot kettle black. <laughs> yeah, but John DeLancey was looking, you know, John DeLancey looking rather sharp though, isn't it? In like a sort of was, futuristic yes. suit. Uh, and I th- was that a bit of a goatee I saw, I think, wasn't it? I think it was, yes. But yeah, looking as, you know, Q-esque as ever. Um, interesting start with the trailer though, isn't it? With uh, John Luke stepping back into Ch- pa- um, Chateau Picard. Um, yes. And was it Q sort of standing there, isn't it? And uh, something's not right, isn't it? Something has, yeah. as I think, the kind of the, the, the something has changed, isn't it? Basically, something's, hello, Jean Luc. Yeah, and <laughs> he turns around. Hmm, you've aged. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like, <laughs> it's been a while. But it's been a while. It's very good. I think you know. I, I can't wait for this. But 2022 is when it's been announced. Uh, no firm date on actually release date at the moment. I think we're going to see Discovery season four before we're going to see Picard, personally. I think so, yeah. But there was a lot to see in the trailer, there wasn't we? We saw some uh, of the cast return. I think I saw Elna, Raffi, Laris. Soju was there, nine. Agnes, Rios, Seven and Nine. Seven and Nine, though, With no per- wasn't human. She was human. Yeah. Something and wasn't right, married. Yeah. She's wearing a wedding ring. Didn't see Guinan. Because obviously no. Whoopi Col- Goldberg is signed on, but she wasn't in the trailer. No. This is it. Well, I think there's something happened, isn't it, to the timeline by the look of it. Well, Q says, uh, when he welcomes Picard, uh, what does he say? He says, to the very end of the road not taken. Yep. yep. And then I think the narrator says later on, time has been broken. So I'm definitely, definitely some time travel involved here. Some, yeah, and that may be why I have we, Gideon comes back into it. Maybe, maybe they go back to TNG, you know, timeline. Maybe. Well, um, Picard's wearing, a, Picard's back in Starfleet in this. He's wearing the badge and so is Rios. That's right, because he stood. There's a scene, isn't it, where he's kind of stood like in like a, a meeting room, isn't it, with lots of people behind him, yeah, uh, up on a podium, isn't it? So yeah, I it's just uh, very very interesting, but um, yeah, they give they've give they've kind of shown a lot, but not actually told you a lot as always. Yeah, but it's it's, it's always fun when Q in, when Q's involved. Oh, if anything, I mean, look at the season one. You know, season two is just going to be another roller coaster. We've set we've set the character arcs now. We know who people are. We can take it a step further, and I think you're right. Bringing solid, big, big people like you back into it, it's just going to give the series depth now going forward. So we're all over that, and as soon as new information drops, we'll let you all know. So I think, Carl, that's probably a good place to stop it for this evening. Yes. So, as always, we'll be back next week with episode 44 on the latest tech news from around the world, including the new Microsoft updates from this week's uh, Windows announcement. Uh, But for that, I've been Jay. I've been Carl. Have a good evening, all.